Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. The monsters will now start attacking Tokyo. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Sound. I'll turn up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the death. And welcome to episode 121 of the KaijuCast, a bi-monthly podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is... Uh, <laughs> I'm looking around this room trying to come up with a name so that I can continue recording this episode entirely in a terrible, terrible British accent. But whatever, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I don't think I don't think my co-host here would be able to deal with it. Nope. This is the second episode of September 2014. My name is Kyle. With me here in the studio, we have Mr. Brian Cook. Hey, how's it going? And Rachel Cook. Hi there. And we are going to be discussing a few things. Uh, this is basically our regular episode, but because we couldn't get together for the last recording time before I left for New York... Which, by the way, congratulations to Martin Vavra, our yes, good friend Martin Vavra. Congratulations, sir. Uh, he just got married, and uh, also because we need to talk about Hail to the King, and then we had our we, last weekend we had Rose City Comic Con. We're going to talk about that too. We've got news. We have uh, catastrophic events. We have housekeeping items as well, plus some music. Uh, but before we start the music, we are actually just going to talk about Rose City Comic Con. This is the third year of Rose City Comic Con, and uh, the first year it was in the Double Tree, which is a terrible location, but it's almost like you have to do your convention there if you're starting out because it's it's sort of like what you'd call like like hazing almost in a sense. It's like <laughs> you got to pay your dues because right. if you're you've been in there, right? Haven't you guys I been in a so, show yeah. there? Yeah. yeah, it's like yeah. low ceilings. Mm-hmm. It's basically it's a converted portion of a parking garage and right. it's low ceilings uh really tight-knit carpet very poor ventilation mm-hmm. very f- poor air conditioning yeah. and in you know september mid-september you get you know nerds uh, sweat a lot a couple Let's of thousand nerds yes. to to you know parade through this you might make yeah. it half a day of pleasantness and then exactly. the rest of the weekend <laughs> it is just muggy Brutal. and gross you can actually yeah. see it <laughs> in the air it, it really creates an atmosphere now i'm spending a little bit too much time talking about the 2012 show in 2013 they moved into the oregon convention center thank godzilla yes. uh, <laughs> because it's a much much better place obviously it's a, it's a you know the ceilings as far as the eye can see and you know big literally a much larger layout too yeah. uh did you, you guys went to that last year right yeah mm-hmm. we did mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i've actually been to yeah, all of them but yeah. We had our panel last year, which was the Kaiju of Pacific Rim. Mm-hmm. Right. This year, we did a brand new panel, another great show, the 2014 show. Uh, the panel we did this year was called Godzilla vs. Everything. Top 10 moments in Kaiju history, which was a lot of fun, but a lot of work to put together. <laughs> and, like, try and figure that out. I still don't know the best way to 
have a ranked voting system for like the best moments in Godzilla movies, but we <laughs> tried it and, uh, you know, it worked. We got, uh, we got over 300 responses in, which mm-hmm. is pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had to actually pay to upgrade my survey monkey <laughs> like account. <laughs> oh, wow. I got to remember to cut that off so it doesn't bill me again. But anyway, so we, we had these, um, these uh, scenes and people voted on the scenes. Then I gave them a spot to write in their best scene uh, or the one that they thought was the most, if we missed it. So, uh, which is hilarious because I don't know if I told you this, some people just like ignored the ones that were in the list and <laughs> still wrote them down. Like, and one person I think just wrote Mecha Godzilla. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we, so actually we should probably say which ones those were counting mm-hmm. down because yeah. I recorded it. I just don't think it's going to make for good audio because it's as, essentially like anywhere from like 20 seconds to seven minutes yeah. of uh, audio from these movies. So I think we'll just do it right now. Number 10 was the GMK scene where Godzilla uses his breath for the uh, first yes. time yep. and it causes like a little mushroom cloud that you see from the classroom with the... Uh the kids indeed indeed uh let's see number number nine i should actually probably have opened my notes for this beforehand (laughs) i was gonna say you worked on it so hard you probably have it all memorized but maybe not in the right order (laughs) yeah i probably could actually that that might be an interesting thing to see just off the (laughs) off the the cuff cuff like that yes (laughs) um let's see here so da 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 Number nine was from 1974's Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, uh, when Godzilla is rampaging through that oil refinery. All of a sudden, a second Godzilla appears, and then uh, they battle, and it becomes Mechagodzilla, obviously. So yeah. that was number nine. Number eight was the um, Japanese Godzilla facing off against the American Godzilla. Another Godzilla vs. Godzilla situation mm-hmm. uh, from Final Wars. And number seven was the scene in Godzilla versus King Ghidra with Shindo and Godzilla having a moment before Godzilla blasts him to oblivion. What do you guys think the the audience response was to that? Were they laughing at some point? They might have been, yeah. I wanted to say I heard them laughing and it felt quite awkward. It was a little bit, yeah. It's weird to see that scene out of context. It really is. If you haven't seen the movie... That scene, that scene does have a really big impact in the film. Um, and yeah, to see it cold like that, maybe people weren't really I think getting people it. People were just like, oh, you know, like, oh, he's gonna, you know, why is he just standing there? He's gonna get killed. And it's maybe comedic yeah. to Yeah. And them, it's really slow too. Just, yeah, mm-hmm. That's so. like lots of slow head movements and so forth. But anyway, that was, that was where we were for number seven. Still a great scene, though. I it, a fantastic oh, yeah. scene. Really I mean, I, scene. I don't think any one of these I said, ew, gross. Yeah. You know, number six was from uh, the original Godzilla. Godzilla stomping through the train yard in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. I still love that scene. Yeah, it's Seeing, so awesome. I mean, I saw it probably about six times while I was, you know, doing this whole process of uh, including the video footage and the PowerPoint presentation. Great scene. Uh, number five, I was surprised by that was the birth of King Ghidra. And while it, I was surprised yeah. by it, it's a gorgeous scene. I yeah. just love the meteorite cracking open and uh, all the sparks coming out. And then mm-hmm. the animated birth of King Ghidra with the fire sort of reversing the reverse fireball oh, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Ugh, it's rad. 
Uh, number four was Godzilla and his rubber-suited friends <laughs> assembling for the final battle and destroy all monsters. Classic. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was cool. Uh, number three, Godzilla appearing on Odo Island. Um, yeah, his very very first appearance ever. Number two from Godzilla versus Destoroya, his meltdown death, which, oh my god, that's a seven minute scene. If you literally start from right when Godzilla starts melting down, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I didn't actually realize that until I sort of like ripped that that piece from from the movie. But basically. Uh, Godzilla and Destroya are fighting, and while he, they're fighting, his temperature gets up to 1190-something, and then mm-hmm. uh, the spines start melting, and then from there, Destroya takes off and falls, and Godzilla starts having his meltdown. Yeah. Long scene. I actually had the entire thing where, like, they're like, Tokyo's a dead city, and then oh, yeah. all of a sudden the radiation levels go down and you see Godzilla in the smoke, which is such a freaking awesome scene. Yes, yeah. But we were like low on time. Yeah. And I was like, damn it, I have to cut this. I have to cut <laughs> oh, this. Yeah. So I cut, I had to like stop it. I was like, sorry, everybody, we got to move on. And then the uh, final scene was uh, voted by many, many people. And I mean, like by a landslide, I could get the numbers if I really wanted to. But the uh, final killing shot from the 2014 film now like i've actually mentioned that to several people godzilla fans and they're like what really that beats out the other ones now, there's a couple of things to keep in mind one that's the most recent thing right yeah two it's mainstream mm-hmm. so like more people saw that than probably have watched Destroy All Monsters in the right. last 15 years, you know? Right. That's what I was thinking. It was in the forefront of people's minds. Totally, so totally. So they're just like, oh, yeah, that was an awesome scene. So they just kind of voted for it as a... Yeah. I remember that one. <laughs> I Absolutely, know what you're talking yeah. About, so. And then um, the, uh, the other thing I was going to say is that even though it's brand new and, you know, depending... You may not like that movie. You may love that movie. That is really one of the only times I've ever seen anyone pump their fist in the air as many you know i saw that at least three times in the theater like yeah. people were like yeah oh yeah it's a cool moment <laughs> it's a really cool moment so that that was number one we did have two write-ins that were like that received the most amount of uh attention that i should probably relate because i didn't actually get a chance to say sure. what those were yeah um in uh like by almost by a landslide and this is keep in mind this is an open forum. I'm saying, what do you think we missed? And then someone could say anything from, oh, uh, the little go-go monster peeing on the kids <laughs> in Mothra 2, you know, to saying like, oh, yeah, you know, Godzilla being lifted out of the lake and, you know, in Godzilla versus Monster Zero, even though that was one of the, the, the options, I think. But anyway, uh, so... Godzilla's appearance in Godzilla, or sorry, Godzilla versus the Thing, or Mothra versus Godzilla, uh, where he comes out of the ground. Right. So I actually had that on deck, ready to go. <laughs> like, and that's where he's covered in the sand. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then because a typhoon mm-hmm. came in and flooded the area, and the the po- good politician never lies. So like the guy, 
pumped it all out, and then they were sitting there looking at a and a brand new beachfront property with like tons of <laughs> garbage everywhere, and uh, then Godzilla rises up. It it is a fantastic scene, and it was uh, came in at number eleven. Let's just say, <laughs> then the number twelve or the you know second honorable mention was actually Gamera three. The whole scene where he blows his hand off mm-hmm. and then destroys Iris with his flaming fist. That right. I was really looking forward to seeing that. Actually, I was kind of bummed that we ran out of time. Yeah. They only give you 50 minutes for these panels. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, it was a ton of fun. I mean, we didn't, we had a, we essentially kicked off the convention. We were the very first panel in panel room three that day, which was Saturday. Um, and I heard several people actually say, like, oh, I wanted to come to that, but it was, it was too yeah, early. Mm-hmm. Having said that, though, I'm really glad that the people that we did have attend were so vocal and so uh mm-hmm. so energetic about it that was really cool yeah, yeah. it was totally. a really good crowd and and we had a woman dressed up as mothra that is right yeah. that is right she, she came over to the awesome. booth later i took a couple of pictures with her that's awesome nice. awesome yeah. awesome costume. costume it was sort of like a i don't know how you describe that because it's not straight up mothra you know what i mean it's like a it's not a mothra costume it's mm-hmm. like a mothra inspired like, it's like of, almost steampunky like, in a yeah, sense, but it's, I just don't know enough about cosplay and, and the variations thereof to categorize this. Right. It's right. category three cosplay. Well, I think sure. so. Yeah, sounds yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Mothra, Either way, it was awesome. Yeah. Mothra inspired fashion. So. Now, did you guys do anything else cool at Comic-Con? Um, Even if it's not Godzilla related. Well, I was just very excited to have a good find. We always love looking at all the vendor booths um, for vintage toys because we're big vintage toy Nerds. collectors. Yes. Nerds was the word. Um, and toy aficionados. Um, <laughs> Still nerds. And, I like yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Uh, I I found an, an Uncle Gilbert from the Munsters, which was basically the creature from the Black Lagoon's cameo on that show. Where he shows up as the uncle and he's in like a suit and trench coat and hat and uh scarf. And on the show he like makes a few different like swimming puns and stuff in yeah. his conversation. It's fantastic. <clears throat> You've gotta look it up. It's in the what's it called? Love the Mockingbird Mocking I don't know the name Loving the, the Mock <laughs> Mockingbird, something like love, that. A love comes to Mockingbird Mockingbird, mockingbird Heights. Or something, yeah. Something. Like, Lane, right? yeah where they mock- yeah. I always mess it up. So, either way, type, just Google you want to have another go with, of it because we um, could try it again. Yeah. From uh, <laughs> it's all good. You all right? Yeah. So <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't actually know the name of the episode. It's probably worth pointing out that you collect creature from the Black Lagoon toys. Oh yeah, I do. I love creature from and the Black stuff. Lagoon. So okay, so of- Uncle Gilbert. Uncle Gilbert. From the Monsters. From the Monsters. Yeah, so what it, was it an action figure or was so, it a doll? It's an or, action figure. Um, like an old one? It's new. No, it's it's more recent. Uh-huh. Right. It's what when did it come out? Um gosh, I don't even know the year on it. But it's fantastic. Either way, it's the only they only made one of the only one company made them. I've not seen another Uncle Gilbert, so um, very cool. But it, it sounds like it's from Diamond Select Toys. Which is basically diamond. Yeah, it probably is actually. Yeah, right on. You're right. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. Mm -hmm. And because you're such a huge creature fan, I know I had to have that as part of my collection. Right on. Very good. Such a bizarre one. And of course, a lot of my figures I like to leave in the package. I kind of have like half and half, like half in the package, half not. And 
um, that one I had to take out because I had to put his hat on. (laughs) (laughs) I have to see that episode. I have not seen that one. It's goofy. (laughs) Right on. So what about you, man? Did you pick anything up? Um, I didn't really pick up anything, I don't think. Uh, but I did meet Kevin McGuire, who was the artist on the 80s Justice League. Um, when it was funny and had Blue Beetle and Booster Gold, the one that people kind of don't like. But I love it. I love that. You mean Justice Booster League. Gold or Blue Beetle? Uh, that version of the Justice League. I just people oh, you mean tell people me, like yeah, it's okay. just like oh, it's too jokey. But I loved it. Uh. And, uh, yeah, I was a really big fan of that series and I collected it all and the artist for it was there and I got him to sign my issue one of the Justice League. And if, if you look up the cover of the eighties Justice League cover, most people probably recognize it. It's pretty famous. So it is a pretty famous cover. You, you brought it over to show me afterwards. I'm a little disappointed I didn't see Uncle Gilbert, but that's cool. Yeah. How did that happen? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you didn't think I would be interested. But out of the, out of the universal monsters, the creature from the Black Lagoon is my favorite. So, so well, good. Uh, be. I met a lot of people who love Godzilla. And actually, that's my, you know, that is really the best part about going to a convention for me. I am no longer in it for the, uh, for the exclusive toys or no longer in it for the press. In fact, I can't even remember the last time I applied for press for a convention. Uh, I'm sure it was just a couple of years ago, so my memory's pretty <laughs> crappy. But the deal is that I, I like going and talking to people, so I was very happy to table with Keith Foster of yeah. Kadoja, uh, which, by the way, if you're hearing this and you uh, you are hearing it before the end of September 28th or the beginning of the 29th, Keith Foster's Kickstarter campaign is still going on right now. There will be a link in the show notes to it. They want to put Kadoja into a graphic novel form which uh, I completely applaud. I, I love graphic novels. I love the trade paperback treatment. Yep. Uh, anyway, so that uh, is who I hung out with all weekend. We tabled and I sold, you know, some leftover Kaiju cast stuff. So if you never bought one of those Sumie prints and you wanted to, you are out of luck because I totally sold out of them at the show. I uh, sold out of them Sweet. on the first day, actually. And then wow. I had people come up to me on the second day asking, if I still had them, and I was like, I'm sorry to tell you, no. Nice. But I'm also not sorry to tell you because that means <laughs> yeah, I sold them. Was, so yeah. Um, but yeah, he sold his comic. We chatted people about giant monsters. Uh, chatted with people about giant monsters all weekend long. Yeah. In fact, uh, we even went karaokeing on Sunday night and um, Monday morning. My voice sounded like this. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Nice. It was good. Great show. Lots of fun. Uh, I met an artist named Tad, and I hope I'm saying your last name correctly, Galusha. And he uh, hooked me up with some Godzilla prints, which are pretty cool. Nice. And uh, super nice guy, local fella. I think we might start uh, next time we are doing some like artwork or have some artwork needs. We might reach out to him. Cool. And uh, I bought a print from Ron Chan. And Ron is a, a member of the... If you, well, let's see, if you listened to the episode we had with Paul Guinan and Anina Bennett, where they talked about Boilerplate and the Frank Reed book that they wrote, mm-hmm. uh, put out, they are members of Periscope Studios, and Ron is also a member of Periscope Studios, so they had, oh. had like a big booth there. So I'm a really big fan of the book Dear Creature, which is 
written and illustrated by Jonathan Case, who was also part of Periscope Studios. Oh, very cool. Yeah. 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 So, so those guys, they all had this, awesome. this big, nice. gigantic uh, conglomeration of booths. Yeah. Ron, last year, around the time of Pacific Rim, did a piece where it's like Mako fighting a giant monster. Not oh, in the cool. not in the Jaeger, just like yeah. leaping into the air nice. with I think actually a bow staff. I thought it was a samurai sword at first, but a bow staff. Cool. And there's this like kaiju, massive kaiju that she's approaching. And so I Excellent. the last thing I, I actually the only thing I bought at the convention, but like literally at like the convention shut its doors and I like walked up to Ron. I'm like, Hey man, I would like to buy this if it's still available for me to buy. And he was like, absolutely, man. So, uh, that was, uh, I, yeah, I got hooked up with some artwork and yeah, I had a blast at yeah. Rose city comic con. I absolutely want to do another panel there next year, figure out, start yeah. figuring out what we want to do for that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, I don't know what, anything else we need to cover for Rose city. I didn't see a lot of Godzilla stuff out there. Mostly it was, uh, I, I think the only thing I saw was a final, for the Japanese stuff at least, was a Final Wars figure. Uh, an mm-hmm. errant Final Wars figure yeah, just sort of in, in a booth somewhere. Yeah. I yeah. saw, I think, three Shogun Warriors Godzilla. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. The Shogun Warriors Godzilla were yeah. in full effect for this, yeah. this uh, convention. We don't usually see that many, and, and we're at a lot of vintage toy places and going around checking these kind of places and we hardly ever see shogun warriors godzilla but yeah a lot of them so right on it's good okay cool well i think what we're gonna do is we're gonna actually just move along we're gonna play some music right after this important announcement from the government i think the following announcement is a special bulletin direct from american international it may be too late our planet may be doomed armies have been alerted the hotlines are in constant use civilization is in chaos the monsters are in revolt now, a direct report. This is J. Webb in New York. Godzilla is laying waste to the city. The citizens have never known such fear. At the same time, Rodan is attacking Moscow. The city is alert for military action. In London, Manda is spreading horror in its path. And in the Far East, Peking trembles under the wrath of Mothra. We must destroy all monsters. Yes, destroy all monsters, or our civilization will be destroyed. Destroy all monsters is a motion picture. See for yourself. It really could happen. Destroy all monsters in color from American International is rated G for general audiences.
All right. So we started things off, of course, with the Destroy All Monsters radio spot. I ripped that from the Blu-ray. I had never heard those before the Blu-ray came out a few years ago. Uh, and I was like flipping through the special features because thank God I bought one when it came out. So it has all those special features. And I was like, whoa, these are awesome. I must, <laughs> I must acquire these. So, uh, so that was a Destroy All Monsters radio spot, which I played for myself. Uh, then we played Mothra versus Gigan from Godzilla Final Wars by Daisuke Yano, and that was for Ben. And then we followed that up with Orga's theme song from uh, Godzilla Unleashed, and that is by a group called Heavy Melody Music, and that is for Chase. Uh, now we are moving on to, I guess, the meat of the discussion topic here tonight, which is the Hail to the King 60 Years of Destruction trip that I took with my friend David. Uh, we went to Tokyo, Japan. We left, oh my God, it seems so long ago now. We left on like the 12th of August and returned on the 18th. So we were gone uh, for a, almost an entire week. And, uh, you know, if you if you fly to Japan you essentially lose an entire day. So like we left in the early afternoon and then <laughs> landed in the late afternoon of the following day, which was, wow. which was cool. Uh, anyway, that trip was amazing and I'm sure there's lots of things that I could tell you about the trip, which I'm sure I will during this time. I don't really have an agenda for this. So I asked these guys, a couple of weeks ago to, <laughs> to come up with some questions uh, for me. And I, I really only know of one of them. <laughs> I'm not sure when you're going to ask that question. Maybe you should go ahead and ask it now. Break the oh, ice. I'm not sure which question well, it was you're referring to, but uh, I sent you some questions ahead of time, kind of as a joke. But I totally oh, I'm totally ready to answer those questions. Going though. to just slide them in randomly, so okay. you set me up to just throw it out there. So oh, sorry, okay, the first sorry. one, I think, because you said it, uh, I said, "How many cats did you see?" Okay, <laughs> I love cats. I know so. you love cats. I did not go to any uh, kitty cafes this time. Okay. Although apparently there are owl cafes in Japan now. I heard about this. <laughs> yes. Anyway. My sister is obsessed with owls, so I saw a link at some point and sent it to her. <laughs> I've actually been really surprised at how many people have told me about the owl cafes. But it, uh, in, just to answer your question, Rachel, I yes. saw many cats there because awesome. our hotel, which was in the Sunshine City uh, block, I guess you could call it. The way it was set up is like there was the Prince Hotel. And then next to the Prince Hotel, there was the Sunshine City Mall, but they were attached. So we could walk directly from the hotel into this gigantic mall. Hmm. So uh, the and then right next to that, there was a park. And inside this park, there were many transient homeless human beings and a metric buttload of cats everywhere. Oh, my God. It was like. It was basically like the homeless people who were living in this park were raising these cats. Wow. So there were cats everywhere. Uh, remind me later, I could probably show you photos from David, my mm -hmm. photographer. Yeah. Because we, oh, yeah. that was the first thing we did. We left the hotel room or we left the hotel 
and was like, oh, look, there's a little park right here. Let's check it out. Whoa, there's a whole bunch of homeless people in here. <laughs> Whoa, there's a whole bunch of cats and cicadas, too. Lots of cicadas because it's the summer, Oh, I remember summertime. hearing them on your video logs. Yeah. yeah really, really loud. Really loud. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, uh, we saw a lot of cats right there. Oh, and, uh, you know, a couple cool. cats here and there, but definitely a majority of them were in that park. Now, were they friendly where they'd come up to you and you can pet them? Or were they mostly pretty freaking feral? Well, they had been trained to. Afraid of them. They had been trained to pickpocket the visitors to the park. Amazing. No, no, they were fine. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not really a cat guy. I don't really like to go up to cats that I don't know. I see. And uh, pet, but uh, they, they, they might be in the minority that I try to pet every cat. (laughs) Well, you know, they seemed. They didn't seem uh, standoffish, but they didn't seem very friendly. So it was sort of like somewhere in the between, you know. Bake for money. Yeah, they were kind of doing what they were doing. And okay. that's okay. Yeah, you know, hey. I don't need to have any sort of human versus animal validation going on. <laughs> I just am fine with cats being where they are. So, uh, we, yeah, so there were a lot of cats in that park that were literally right next to the, uh, the hotel that we were in. Nice. And you were staying, you were in Tokyo? Yes, we were in Tokyo. Actually, what ended up happening, I don't remember if I said this. It actually doesn't remember where I've said this because, uh, we, I tried to book the exact same hotel that Lady Kyle and I stayed in before because it's pretty cheap. It's, you know, it was one nice. step above a yeah. hostel is what mm-hmm. I would I typically say about it. Uh, and what ended up happening is I am terrible about seeing an email come in and not reading it. Like, so an email come in and I'll be like, oh, oh I know what that is. And I'll just move along because right. obviously I think I know everything. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, clearly I don't because this e- I tried to book my hotel. I saw the email come in. I was like, that's my confirmation email. Moving on, doing the next big thing I got to do for this project. Uh, then when David, apparently, when there was enough money for me to take David, I was like, okay, I'll book David's flight. I'll book David's hotel. And I went to go book his hotel. And I was like, this is weird. The website isn't letting me actually book the hotel. And then I read it a little bit further into it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it says there's no vacancies in the hotel. Oh, whoa, that's interesting. So, like, what's going on? Is there some sort of convention happening in in mm-hmm. Ikebukuro? That's the area where we stayed. Uh, so, David, actually, uh, I was trying to figure out where he was going to stay. And I was like, well, maybe I can ask them to swap my room out and we'll just get a double. I went and found the email from the hotel that I got my confirmation mm-hmm. yeah. was not a confirmation email. <laughs> they basically right. said, we're very sorry, Mr. Yount, but uh, we don't have any, any vacancies right now. <laughs> so oh, I was like, I had a mini panic attack. I was like, what am I going to do? <laughs> because this place is so cheap mm-hmm. that I was counting on it for the Kickstarter dollars. Mm-hmm. So I had to redo some of the money situation. And, uh, uh, lucky, lucky for me, we went way over our budget. I mean, not our budget, mm-hmm. but our initial goal. We hit all of our stretch goals, which was fantastic and amazing. Um, and I'm still, I'm still working on this whole documentary, by the way, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> so, uh, I found out that the hotel, the cheapest hotel, the next cheapest hotel, which was more expensive, obviously, but the next cheapest hotel, but it was sort of in the same area. Cause that was very important to me to still stay in Ikebukuro because that's where the Godzilla exhibition was, right. mm-hmm. um, was actually this place called the Prince Hotel, which was actually 
in the same like giant complex as as the Godzilla exhibition. Oh, oh like, perfect. And I was like, well, that's kind of worth the extra money just right there alone. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, I can't remember when, if I said this, uh, I've been talking so much constantly since the Kickstarter started. So it's like, <laughs> uh, basically this place has a, uh, has exhibition areas where they can put on show things like this. It has a mm-hmm. full blown theater where you could go see performances. It has a movie theater. It has an aquarium. It has a planetarium. Wow. Uh, and a shopping mall, oh and it's attached to the hotel. <laughs> so awesome. it's like this crazy. Uh, it actually was very convenient, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, so we ended up staying there. So that's why we we're right, right there next to it. Uh, and that's actually, you know, it was. I gotta say, it, it actually offered us many places to film our uh, morning. Like uh, intros are, or what do you call those? Uh, di- daily diary show, uh, mm-hmm. shoots. Yeah. It was it was cool. It was cool. Uh, all right, let let me hear your next another question. So the, did the cicadas were really loud on that one video log? <laughs> yeah. Did they did they keep you up at night? No, no. Oh, no. okay. No, they basically. I mean, we were in like a legit hotel, and we were yeah. actually we were really high up. Like, <laughs> like oh, okay. Uh, and actually that, you know, that's another thing they have in the sunshine city is they have the 60th floor observatory and that building with that observatory is the fourth largest, tallest, I guess, building in Tokyo. Wow. And I was like, wow, crazy. Yeah. And I was like, we can go get some crazy footage up there. Right. You know, what sucks about Japan. If you are coming and visiting and waking up by default at 4 a.m by yourself <laughs> nothing opens until 10 a.m oh wow <laughs> nothing opens so like we actually we had to wait around until like 6 a.m or 7 a.m to get breakfast in the hotel mm-hmm. and then we had to kill that time before we could go out so there was a we had plenty of time every morning to get our stuff ready for the day's activities. That's kind of nice. Yeah, it was nice. It, it, it was nice, but uh, but it was also frustrating because the observatory. Hey, let's go film in the observatory. Oh, that doesn't open till ten. Well, by ten o'clock, we got to get on the road. We got to start right. doing stuff. Otherwise, yeah. we're gonna lose out on uh, on on do. We actually had a schedule. I am a very uh, <laughs> anal retentive planner when it comes to this kind of stuff. And so I have to have a schedule. Otherwise, I, you know, and especially if you're sh- doing, you know, mm-hmm. film shooting, yeah. then you, you have right. to have a schedule for that. So we, uh, we, we did not get to go to the aquarium. We did not get to go to the planetarium. We did not get to go to the observatory because all of that stuff opened at 10 a.m. In fact, because it all opened at 10 a.m., we only went to the Godzilla exhibition twice. And I was thinking we were going to go every day. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah. So, yeah, I, it's it was kind of a bummer, but uh, you know, it was a it was really overall the entire trip was fantastic. It That's was good. it was really cool. So on the first day you were there, um, were you guys um, shooting at all, or was what did you do on the first day? You no, know, the very first day um, we actually had a free day. So uh, I asked the camera crew, I'm like, well, I can really only afford you for three days. So um, do you want to do Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, or do you want to do Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? And they said Friday, Saturday, and Sunday would work best for them. 
So we just um, met up with our friend Brandon, who is uh, he's I'm just going to say he's a member of the armed forces and he's stationed over in Japan, uh, over in Tokyo, basically. And so he has a YouTube channel called Tokyo Toy Fiend, which uh, listeners, you should definitely go check that out and subscribe, if especially if you like uh, Godzilla toys, because he does what he does. is He goes out and he goes shopping at places like Nakano Broadway mall, Akihabara, and then, uh, films some of that stuff and then comes back and has sort of like, Hey guys, this is what I bought today. And, uh, you know, it's just great for being very jealous. Of, you know, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> it's really cool though. He's picked up some amazing things and, um, and it's, a uh, it's pretty varying. He's got, uh, Everything like from marmots to Bandai figures to X plus figures. I mean, he's sort of got a, a wide variety in his collection. So I, awesome. it was a, uh, it was really fun to hang out with him. We've been sort of like me and David have been friends with him online for a while. So it was really cool to meet him in person. Uh, we had, we went toy shopping. Sweet. Uh, not only did we go toy shopping, we went to a sushi place. Um, when we got to the, to Nakano at noon, I was like, I was like, we should probably eat something just real quick. So we literally walked into like a seven 11, grabbed a beer and a, um, onigiri. Do you know what that is? Mm-mm. Onigiri is a, it's stuff inside of like a rice, uh, ball or a rice square or a rice triangle. Sure. Yeah. With yeah. uh seaweed wrapped around it, seaweed paper, the nori. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, it's refrigerated. Oh, and some of them have, you know, like red bean paste. Some of them have. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's got stuff in it, but it's made of rice. And uh-huh. it's very, it's a very popular Japanese snack or, you know. Uh, so we just, I just had an onigiri and a beer. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and we just drank it and ate it out on the street. It was great. Nice. And we, we hung out and, you know, chatted for a bit. And then we went, went and did our toy shopping. And uh, we went to Nakano Broadway Mall. We pretty much went every single place in the Nakano Broadway Mall and then Brandis t- Brandon took us to a secret shop that's mm-hmm. sort of like off the beaten path, uh, one train stop up in Kichiyoji, I think. I can't remember exactly where it was, but it might have been Hachiyoji. Anyway, uh, it was really cool. This place, you could fit five of these shops in this room. It was that oh small. Oh, my gosh. Wow. But it was from floor to ceiling vinyl figures like with the exception of this pathway (laughs) you know (laughs) so you walk in and you can maybe maybe walk like a grand total of like five feet into the store and it was just Mm -hmm. basically like all the way around you vinyl figures vinyl figures vinyl figures vinyl figures like and uh stuff like m1s and marmots like Mm -hmm. not a lot of bandais i think they did have some stuff like that but mostly a lot of really crazy colored stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. Marasan figures. Awesome. Yeah. It was pretty rad. Cool. And um and uh I I did make a couple purchases there, especially for uh some of the backers. Uh, so I picked up some really cool things. I picked up a uh ooh, I should not say that actually. Should be a surprise for our backers. So I'll show it to you later. Okay. Keep the audience in suspense. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the, uh, the, the, we basically said bye to Brandon and, uh, headed back to the hotel, I think. But yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Our first day was just kind of like 
it was great too because it gave me time to reacclimate myself to the Tokyo train system, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. I mean, it is really, really thorough. I mean, yeah, you nice. can get pretty much anywhere on the train system and, and of course, walking. And then there's also the bus system too, which we didn't do any buses this time, but yeah, it gave myself ch- a chance to just reimmerse myself. And then I was totally almost 100% ready for filming the next day. It was good. Nice. Mm-hmm. Did you get to go see Ultraman Street on this trip? No, no Ultraman Street. Um, Ultraman Street is kind of, uh, it's kind of out of the way. So essentially Ultraman Street is one street or one train stop before Toho Studios. Mm -hmm. So if we, if the schedule was a little more relaxed, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and this is, this is kind of a learning experience for me. I've never shot a documentary before. So when we were out, uh, you know, it would have been nice to have more time just in general, but that means I got to pay the camera crew more, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. and stay in Tokyo longer, which actually that was the one thing that was my one regret from this trip. I wish that I had had more time in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Uh, camera crew or not, just an extra day or two would have been great. Yeah. Um, because that's very quick. You know? yeah. <laughs> like we were only in Tokyo for uh four full days so we landed in the afternoon we had that that afternoon and evening and then the the day we left we left in the early afternoon so like Mm -hmm. we really only had like four full 100 percent days there uh but that was my biggest my biggest regret is that we didn't have more time if we had had more time i absolutely would have taken david because he would have loved it you know to, Mm -hmm. to ultraman street uh yeah, Ultraman Street's pretty cool, but it's also kind of, it's very just novel. You know, yeah. there's not much to do there. It's just kind of like, get off the train. Look, there's an Ultraman statue. Look, there's a bunch of Ultraman stuff all around. Uh, and then you go down to the street and you're like, hey, look, there's the street lights mm-hmm. with the Ultraman stuff on them. So you can look at them and see the little things inside. But there's so many street lights that it's almost like, why would I spend all that time <laughs> yeah. looking at these little scenes that are in inside of the streetlights. Uh, but yeah, Ultraman street is, is a lot of fun to check out. Actually, um, I have a listener who's going to Japan next month and he wants to know where, where Toho is in Ultraman street and so forth. Oh, cool. So I'm going to make a map for him. I still Excellent. need to record a video that has sort of like, here are the things from my last trips exploits, you know, so mm-hmm. yeah. showing people where the Daimajin, or sorry, yeah, where the big Daimajin statues are outside of Katakawa and, uh, and Shamajin as well. But I had that stuff done. I had some of it done and ready, almost ready to export. And then I dropped my laptop. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, man. What a bummer. Yeah. yeah. It's another one of those things. Yeah. Don't drop a laptop, kids. <laughs> right. it's, not, it's not good for it. Protect your gear. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we did not go to Ultraman yeah. Street this time. So speaking of Ultraman, did you see any Ultraman stuff at the Godzilla exp- exhibition, or is that a totally stupid question? <laughs> Jeez, Rachel. I know. <laughs> That's like asking if you saw any Mickey Mouse stuff at the Warner Brothers store. Okay. Actually, it is actually kind of like asking that in a sense, but um, I'm joking about but berating But it is, you. I know, it kind of is. But... I'm, it's a joke, though, be, but like, so while there was nothing Ultraman-related in the Godzilla exhibition, 
There was also the Ultraman Festival going on down the hallway. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So uh, David and I did actually go to Ultraman Festival. That won't be in the documentary, so I could tell you. I could tell you about that, a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, We started our our last day filming Sunday. Mm -hmm. Uh, We started our day by saying, okay, well, let's meet at the exhibit at 11 o'clock. And then we'll do the rest of our day. Because that was a long day. That was mm-hmm. like, uh, that was the day we were going to the Kaiju Bar, which we'll oh, talk okay. about, I'm sure. Right. But the, yeah. uh, <laughs> that was, that was basically, uh, I need to start this day as late as possible with the camera crew so that I'm not, don't feel bad for them putting in more than eight hours in one day. So, mm-hmm. uh, so David and I went to the Ultraman Festival very briefly. David loves Ultraman. I like Ultraman. I especially like the first series. Uh, David grew up with it. So, you know, it's sort of oh, like his, mm-hmm. one of the things that he really likes in his life. So, uh, in his kaiju fandom, we're going through there. And, and at that point, cause it's the last day, Jim Ballard from sci-fi Japan TV mm-hmm. and ACTV, mm-hmm. he had told me that he had told us that there was no gift shop, which was extremely disappointing because yeah. David was looking for some stuff. And I, I mean, I kind of, I would have bought stuff too. But Jim said that there wasn't a gift shop, but apparently they just didn't take the press to the gift shop when he was there. Because oh. we were going through this Ultraman festival, which is highly kid centric. <laughs> Kids everywhere. Wow. wow. Yeah. Everywhere. Actually, I have video footage that I could show you. I just got to find that drive. <laughs> like, uh, Martin gave it back to me, so I have it somewhere. But yeah, I have video footage of that, uh, that I took there. It's, it's, it's kind of lame footage because I shot it, but the, um, they've got, you basically walk in, there's a Ultraman suits on display. Neat. There's monster suits on display. And you know, in, in the recent Ultraman series, they sort of brought back a lot of the old, super old classic monsters. Mm-hmm. So there was like an M1 suit. You know, M1 from Ultra Q, the little weird space ape looking oh, yeah. guy. <laughs> and like, I mean, there were some things there that I, that for a second I was like, this can't be the original suit, right? But it looked really good. Sweet. Uh, and then there was a, you know, they had a section for kids to play in color and, uh, they had a show that they put on. Actually, when we went in, you know, I don't speak the Japanese, obviously, but we went in, uh, and they looked at our tickets and they were questioning us. And I was like, uh, which means I don't understand. And then they took me back out to the ticket booth. They pointed to a, a board that had show times on it. Mm-hmm. And they were like asking me which one I wanted. And I was like, Oh, no, no, no show. I don't need a show. I did not have time for that, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, so we were walking through. Yeah, so there's like a stage show, right. basically. Okay, so nice. I wonder if it was like the shows that they had put on at Ultraman Land, because I've seen video of that. Yeah, I think a little and... bit, yeah. Actually, there's a video. There's a video from it. If you go to Sci-Fi Japan TV, they have a video about Ultraman. I'm sure it's incredibly corny, but so much fun and worth it. If (laughs) if we had had the time, right? That's another thing we could have done because, like Ultraman Festival, we were there for the very last day. That Sunday, the last day of filming, that was the last day of the Godzilla exhibition. But Ultraman Festival continued through the entire month, so we could have gone and really spent some time in there. Yeah. Um, as it stands, I was sort of, I was a little on edge. I was just kind of like, um, 
I want to go because I know I got to meet those guys pretty soon. But uh, as we're walking through, I David took a left and went into this area and started taking pictures of this one section. I took a right and was shooting some video of uh, some really kind of like chibi kaiju stuff on display mm-hmm. with some TVs and so forth. And then I walked into this one room and I looked around and I was like, oh my God, the gift shop is freaking huge. The gift shop in the Ultraman Festival puts the Godzilla exhibition gift shop to shame. (laughs) I was like, okay, so have you guys been to any of the Disney parks before? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you go into one of those stores at the end of a ride or whatever, and it's just like completely filled with merchandise. Like an overload. When I was a kid and I rode the Star Wars ride at Disney World, you walk out and it's like a Star Wars store. It's like, why isn't this always happening? Yeah, yeah. So that's what this was. This was essentially oh like a gigantic God. Ultraman that store. That's so I awesome. Lost my mind. That's where I got this. I, my Jamila. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's cool. Oh, oh man. man. They had so much stuff there. Anyway, uh, that's sort of beyond the point, but it was, <laughs> it was great. I mean, it was really yeah. cool to see all of this stuff and also really cool to see all these kids like enjoying and loving Ultraman. Ultraman yeah. is still yeah. like really popular. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Like, so when we were there last year, me and the lady, Ultraman seemed more popular, but I didn't have any evidence. I mean, the hard evidence of seeing the, the merchandise in the stores, mm-hmm. but I didn't see any kids doing anything. Oh, yes. Ultraman is for kids, for sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. kids were all over that freaking That's place. Awesome. That's yeah. Cool. If you hated kids, you would not like it, but it was pretty rad. <laughs> I got to say, I don't hate kids. I just want to say it's pretty rad. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we went to Ultraman Land. Actually, I have a, I have a flyer from there I could show oh, you. Oh, neat. Yeah. yeah. I was wondering if they had posters and such, just like the Godzilla exhibition. I didn't actually like see any posters, but I wasn't, I mean, I really wasn't in the mood for shopping. I really, right. I wanted to get these mugs, mm-hmm. but that was pretty much it. Like, I once I got the mugs, I was like, I'm going to go. And yeah. David, I will meet you at the Godzilla exhibition. So, mm-hmm. cause it was literally down the hall, you know, just walk down some steps and down yeah. this hallway. Uh, yeah, man, whew. that was, that would actually, that would be something cool to see if, uh, to go back to Japan around that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, here's, here's an interesting point. Holy bleep. It was so hot and muggy. Really? I am so spoiled for living here in Oregon. <laughs> we're generally the the generally we only have about a week of hot weather. This month, the, yeah. I mean, this summer was a little bit different for mm-hmm. some reason, but um, generally we have a week of like ninety degree weather here, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the summer it's in the eighties, and yeah. then uh, as soon as like August hits, the temperature starts dropping, and then. And then uh, by September, we're in the in the seventies and and sixties again. Mm-hmm. In Tokyo, it was ninety degrees, at least, and probably close to a hundred percent humidity. Oh no! <laughs> Within two minutes of walking outside, I could basically feel my body underneath my clothes. Clothe? Clothe. <laughs> my singular clothes underneath my clothing covered in sweat. 
It's oh, like, man, and it was know. like, the sh- it was, you have glasses, Brian. Mm-hmm. Like, so when you are in a humid area and you're in an air conditioned house and you walk outside and it's just like instant yep. fog, fog in the, bla- in the glasses. Totally. That's what my body felt like. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, I actually got a heat rash. Oh, Whoa. No. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it won't show up in the, in the video so much, oh, but basically, uh, yeah, like that, uh, Friday. It, we did a lot of walking around and I bought a hat to protect my noggin, but the, uh, we were walking around a lot. And then I think at some point I went to the bathroom and I looked at my face and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I've never had a heat rash wow. before in my life. Yeah. And then like later on that, that night, Brandon was telling me, he was like, Oh yeah, man. Like when I first moved here, my first summer, like he got a heat rash, like all over his shoulders and neck and stuff oh. like that. Wow. And I was like, well, I'm glad I don't have it that bad. But yeah, yeah it was like messed up. It's awful. <laughs> yeah. I'm not the kind of person that would enjoy the Tokyo summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if I ever moved there, I'd have to do some sort of crazy vacation up in Hokkaido <laughs> or you know, I think that's Hokkaido. Anyway, the northern area of Japan. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was hot, 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 hot. Did not enjoy that. Mm-hmm. But hey. You got to do what you got to do for Godzilla, right? That's right. That's right. Exactly. Keep your priority priorities straight. My blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. Emphasis on the sweat. <laughs> <laughs> I think that should be the new tagline for the documentary. But uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it was really hot there, and I had to change clothes like twice a day. <laughs> oh man! So at the exhibition, did you get to? Um, talk to a lot of people, like a lot of just people that were going to see it, like fans. No, because of the whole language barrier. So, oh, right. Yeah. So we only had, I only had an interpreter with me for one of the exhibition days. Um, and actually, for the record, just so everybody knows, uh, we did not get permission to film in there. Um, man, there was. This is actually funny because this is this episode will be released before the Q&A that Martin and I shot before I left is posted online. But uh, so there's a little bit of information has changed. But <clears throat> what ended up happening is I said uh, to the guys, the Sci-Fi Japan guys, because they're we're also providing the interpreter. Mm-hmm. I said, I'd really like to film in the exhibition. I mean, that was the whole point of going, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but in addition to filming, I would also like to interview the people who put it on so that I could, you know, talk to them about why they felt like this was a, a cool thing to do and really get their input. And uh, really, I thought it would be a really nice, you know, segment in the documentary. So they contacted the exhibition. The exhibition seemed very excited, but they were like, well, in order for us to give you press coverage or, or coverage we have to contact toho and uh ah. and get permission from them which at that point to be perfectly honest i was like ah, all right i guess i got no choice because pretty much they said they were going to do it without my yeah. input you know yeah um and then toho was not very happy about the kickstarter campaign and the documentary and mm-hmm. it, their first knee-jerk reaction was uh, was you can't do this, mm-hmm. which is not true. <laughs> I can do this. Yeah. Uh, and there, I mean, there, I, there was a, there was a very short period of time 
where I felt that I might be in danger of a lawsuit. And mm-hmm. so um, I talked to uh, my lawyer, essentially, uh, who reinforced that I could, in fact, shoot this and uh, make a documentary and so forth. I don't need to get into the specifics, but basically, uh, Toho, for a, a, a really unfortunate minute, was very angry at me. Mm. And then, I don't know what happened. They might have talked to their lawyers, I don't know. But like, then they said, okay, well, maybe you can shoot in there. Uh, and then the next thing I got from them was the day we were leaving, they were looking for liability insurance coverage and which mm. thank god because of galaxy sailor productions mm-hmm. i had coverage uh to which point we sent that to them and it seemed like everything was going to go and then at the very last minute they said i'm sorry there's just not enough time to uh to to schedule something which if you paid attention to my last trip to japan where i tried to do something at toho they pulled the exact same yeah. garbage on me. Yeah. I literally landed bad. in Japan, woke up the next morning, got an email from the guy at Toho that said, I'm sorry, I've been called away for something else. And I'm just like, uh, all right, that's cool. Whatever. It's all good. I'm hoping, though, to be perfectly honest, I'm really hoping that when I make this documentary and it gets released and uh, finished and you know, as long as I like it, you know, <laughs> I can actually show it to Toho because they already know about it, right? So they're mm-hmm. going to watch it mm-hmm. and say, hey, so this is what I did completely without your help. Mm-hmm. And I really love this stuff and I would really like to do some more things. How about if we work together? Yeah. 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 Not not a situation where I have to pay you lots of money. Right. You know? <laughs> Why don't you guys help me? make an awesome documentary about Godzilla. So that's yeah. That's what I want to do. I've got more thoughts and uh you know things going around in my mind about that that I would love to talk about, but because you know that's so far away, I got to focus on the the current thing right yeah. now. So uh yeah, so we did not actually get to shoot very much inside the I mean, we did get to shoot the areas where you were allowed to have cameras, but mm-hmm. um, we nothing from the documentary will will be from that no camera zone because there right. there are some sections with some, uh, sorry to say, really amazing pieces of history. Now, um, no camera zone meaning still photography as well. Mm-hmm. No cameras, no cameras. Wow. Yeah, uh, and because Toho knows about it. No GoPros strapped to me as well. Right. <laughs> uh, and I'm I'm not even saying, I mean, I'm saying like, I didn't even do that. Like, yeah. yeah. Beforehand, there might have been a thing where I was like, I'll strap a GoPro to myself and uh, just walk through the thing. Or I, n- <laughs> not kidding, contacted Google Glass about trying to get a pair of Google Glass says glasses, whatever yeah. you call those glasses. things. Uh, specifically to do a walk around in the exhibition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were like, yeah, sorry, we don't do that. And I'm like, well, I'm never going to use them again. So there's no point in me trying to buy them. Right. Um, but the, uh, you know, the whole thing with, with, uh, Toho really makes things difficult for trying to be sneaky, especially when you're talking about the documentary. So the documentary won't have anything in it that we are not supposed to be shooting. Yeah. Yeah. What was the breakdown on uh, 
what stuff was from what eras, like how much Showa versus Heisei versus Millennium stuff was there? Well, there's there was definitely more Heisei and Millennium stuff sure. than Showa stuff. However, the stuff that they had from the Showa era was pretty freaking cool. Examples? Uh, examples would be the uh, scene in King Kong versus Godzilla where King Kong picks up the train of course. and shakes loose uh, Mayhama. Mm-hmm. They had that train, Ugh. the train set there. Nice. The Oxygen Destroyer oh. was there. Of course. Sarazawa's diving helmet and boots were there. Nice. Awesome. Um, one of the coolest things, and I even said this in my video, like coolest things, uh, and David and I actually had, uh, I was like, what would be the three things from this exhibition that you would take home with you if you could? <laughs> you know, if, if, it was just like, Oh yeah, yes, you are clearly massive Godzilla fans. Please take take any three things you want. Uh and one of mine probably topping the list was Gigan's buzzsaw oh, from the belly nice. from like, the original one. Was it just the saw or it was, was it just the saw? Oh. So it was like a metal band that was sort of bent along the shape of his yeah. belly, right? And these little saw teeth attached oh, to it. Awesome. And then at the very bottom of it there was like a, like it would look like a hinge of some sort, mm. which I'm sure was attached to a motor, mm-hmm. which probably means that there was a motor right next to Ken Pachiro Satsuma's crotch. Oh, wow. oh my That was making <laughs> that thing <laughs> like go up and down. Oh, That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, these suit actors. So oh, that thing, <laughs> that was pretty awesome. That's like great. they also had a zone fighter puppet. Oh, how cool. Which huh. I think was him flying, you mm-hmm. know, so like whatever they used for that. Uh, that was, I'm sure there was more from the Showa era that I'm forgetting, but that was, those are the things that stuck out at me. Oh, there was, oh, the, no, I'm sorry. The Yalin, the actual ship from, um, the boat from Godzilla versus the sea monster. Oh, yeah, yeah. The ah. one that they stole. They had mm-hmm. that. I think it had been painted over for, to, you know, to be used on a different production, yeah. mm-hmm. but, uh, that was cool. They had, uh. I think a helicopter from Destroy All Monsters and some other trains from Destroy All Monsters too. Nice. Destroy All Monsters as well. There was no sequel to Destroy oh. All Monsters. <laughs> I didn't think that, but now that you've brought that up, <laughs> it's a good idea. Yeah, it is a, it is a good idea. Anyway, uh, then the stuff, the big things from like the Heisei era that like blew my mind, uh, were essentially the, the awesomest things from the Heisei era. If you're, if you're not counting the suits. Right, because those things are pretty rad. Um, they had the Mecha from those movies. So oh. I love the Heisei Mecha. Now, mm-hmm. I love the Showa Mecha as well. Right. But to me, the Heisei Mecha doesn't get enough love. It doesn't get the... I mean, there's a lot of thought that was put into designing those. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> those when, uh, ships and those tanks, tanks and the... And yeah. The different variations yeah. on the Mazer guns. When we were reviewing footage for the... The panel that we did, uh, Godzilla versus Destroya is one of the scenes that we were looking at. And like the Super X3 has like a little Mazer take thing on its nose and all the different tanks and stuff that were lined up looks so awesome. Oh, yeah, for sure. Really cool. Really cool stuff. Uh, so they had a bunch of those on display and That's you could awesome. tell that they were screen used because they had like been exploded right. in certain areas. So you could you could see the damage. Oh, it was really cool, man. Oh, the... Uh, Another really badass thing from the Heisei exhibit was they had the animatronic head 
of the 1984 Godzilla. That's, that's it's called the Cybot. No, not the Cybot, just the animatronic head. So okay. like when, uh, I don't know that all the terminology, I believe. So there was a, there were suits, mm-hmm. right? The hero suits. So there's suits that could deal with the, um, the, action of, of right. being moved around and stuff. And there were suits, I guess, that were used for more close-up stuff, mm-hmm. which were not the Cybot. And um, and so the, the head had to move, so they had, like, animatronics in the head of at least uh-huh. one of the suits. Now, this head has no latex Godzilla skin on it anymore. So it's just the ghastly skull with wires? Yes. <laughs> yes. It really is. That's awesome. Yeah, they had a lot of stuff from the Heisei era. And then the Millennium Era, they also had a lot of cool stuff, too. Actually, uh, one of the biggest surprises, I think I mentioned this on the Planet X Control Room podcast as well, but one of the biggest surprises that I found, um, now, how familiar are you with GMK? Pretty familiar. You just saw it, right? Just recently? Yeah, I just watched it recently. Yeah, yeah. so there's a scene in there where there's a battleship, and when the the camera's going over the battleship, the whole thing looks very fake. A lot of people thought it was CGI. Hmm. The water was CGI, but the battleship was a real model. Wow. Huge. Hmm. That thing is massive. Really? No kidding. From this desk, this is not going to make any sense to the listeners out there, but for you guys, from this desk to the edge of that chair right there. Oh, wow. That's how wow. long it was, which is but it, I would probably well, be like eight like, eight feet long. Yeah, I'm saying I would guess it's eight feet long. Uh, that was that was pretty crazy, and and also screen used because they had battle damage on yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, they had suits. The suits they had on display. They had a lot of the Final Wars suits. They had all of the major players from GMK. They had uh, nice. the Tokyo SOS Godzilla suit. Um, they had a Mothra, like a Heisei Mothra. Puppet, yeah, yeah. puppet. But um, I'm guessing that that was the puppet used in the beginning of the 1996 Mothra movie. You're probably right on that. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, wow, that that's a long time for it to be part of. I I don't even know if it was real. You know, I mean, somebody at one point I think Brandon was saying that the stuff that you could take photos of was not screen used. The stuff that you couldn't take photos of was screen used. And I don't know if that's really accurate, but that's what he was told. So there you go. Yeah. What did the suits look like? Like in terms of wear and tear and stuff? Surprisingly in good condition. Yeah. Um, Now, one of the sets of suits that you were not supposed to take photos of were the, uh, all the, all the monsters from Space Godzilla. So Space Godzilla, mm-hmm. Little Godzilla, Mogera, and Godzilla were all mm-hmm. on display in this one like stage. And uh those were in great condition, but because you weren't allowed to take pictures of them, that would lead me to believe, according to Brandon's information, that those were actually used in the movie. Mm-hmm. That movie is now twenty years old. Right. There's no way that those were used in that movie. Yeah. Mm. They looked fantastic. Unless they were like immediately shellacked or something, you know, <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't know what, what you could do to actually make that a thing. But yeah, yeah I, I don't think that's really, I don't think that's accurate. Yeah. I think the person that gave Brandon that information might have had their wires crossed a little bit. 
the uh the, in fact the the Mothra and the Ghidra from GMK looked a little worse for wear. Mm-hmm. Like Ghidra had uh, one of his heads had like a, his lip was crumbling. And the Mothra that was hanging up really didn't look good at all. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah, there there was a little bit of uh, upkeep needed on that one. Yeah. The Godzilla, however, looked fantastic. So I think some of these were preserved, for Do sure. Do any of them have, like, burn marks on them? Like, <laughs> from no, the some of them, some of them, yeah, those guys were all fine. Yeah. Yeah, I, the squibs and stuff, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't see any damage from that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. What Showa era monsters were on display? No, nothing. Nothing. Oh, yeah, no okay. Showa era monsters, which is surprising because apparently the Mechagodzilla suit, probably the one from '75, mm-hmm. has been restored. And I went through the exhibit. I was like, "Where the hell is Mechagodzilla?" Yeah, like I, I really wanted to see that, but it was not there. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, where did all of the items come from? Was it were there private collectors that contributed at all? That's a good question. I wish I knew the answer to that question. Um, but what I do know is that there is a collection of these items. It's not mm-hmm. a private collector, but I think they're stored in a, um, in like a shipping container sort of warehouse. Mm. Oh man, I wish I could find it. Uh, in fact, that reminds me, I need to check it out. But apparently right after we got back, I think, or right before we left, one of the two, there was a, like, uh, I wouldn't call it a documentary. I would call it a sort of like just a TV special mm-hmm. on NHK that featured an American guy going through and interviewing people. It was totally before we left, actually, because <laughs> he did something that I really wanted to do. <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to go to Haruo Nakajima's um, apartment. And have Nakajima show us memorabilia that he's collected over the years from being oh, Godzilla wow. and yeah. tell us stories about this. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, he didn't do that. CBS did that. CBS okay. did that and posted it. And I was like, great. Thanks for stealing my thunder, CBS. <laughs> that is exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, but we didn't actually get a chance to do that, unfortunately. The um, The cool thing about what we did end up getting from uh from all this is just sort of i mean we got some great footage from inside and i thought that the the exhibit would be the centerpiece to the documentary it turns out i don't think it's going to be that way i think the exhibit is just sort of going to be woven throughout it uh, a little bit of the areas of the you know when we're talking to people but primarily it's going to be like hey we went to this exhibit and there's going to be footage from when we went through the exhibit and then that's going to be it. I think what, you know, if I had my druthers and I do have all of the footage so I can do whatever I want with it, I might release that stuff later on, you know, just mm-hmm. as a, as a download or a secondary YouTube video or something. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I mean, we should probably move on, but uh, I mean, cause I could talk about this for a long, long time. Yeah. Do you guys have any mm-hmm. final questions? Did you see Pigmon at, <laughs> at anywhere, really? Anywhere, really? Yeah. Uh, did not see Pigmon, mm. uh, except if you're talking about like merchandise. I did well, that, see, I did see Pigmon merchandise. Yeah, 
Yeah, I saw so lots you didn't of that get to stuff. Hang out with Pigmon. No, unfortunately, you know. Pigmon was unavailable for mm. hangouts. Yeah. Uh, our people contacted him, and right. no, I was kidding. <laughs> there was a seriously. There was a. I mean, the Ultraman stuff. I'm not saying that you guys should go in the summertime, but man, if if you're Ultraman junkies and you're like, this is a mecca for us, we need to go. Mm-hmm. You got to go to the Ultraman Festival <laughs> just yeah. because. I mean, you're not gonna get because Ultraman, Ultraland, or whatever I it's know, called, Ultraman Land closed is I gone. Know. Like because so of that, the yeah. Next best thing. I would say your best bet is to go to Ultraman Festival. Yeah. So, um, I think what we're gonna do is move on. Sure. And Brian suggested <clears throat> I play a song. Now I'm a big uh, Godzilla fan. I like myself some Hellboy. Some other people know that I like some uh, metal, um, you know, like Red Fang and the Melvins and, and you know, the like. Uh, big Metallica fan from back in the day. But I also really love Tenacious D. <laughs> so <laughs> what we're going to do right now is we're going to play a song called Kong from the D. Where he belongs, King Kong. 
United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan. Man, it seems like it has been ages since we've had a legitimate news section here on the show. So uh, I thought that we'd have a ton of things to catch up on, but really, there's not really that much to talk about, um, which is good because we're already like over an hour and 15 minutes on this show. So uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about is Deadline has reported that Max Borenstein is in fact writing Godzilla 2. So the 2018 film. Um, and in addition to that, he's also, I think he's also writing the King Kong prequel, which is called Skull Island. Skull Island. There you go. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, I obviously had the pleasure of, uh, interviewing mm-hmm. Max Borenstein, thanks to Tom. Uh, and I, you know, Max is a great, nice guy, very smart dude. Um, I, you know, and I'm not trying to, I don't mean any disrespect by this, but I feel the same way about Gareth Edwards directing. Like, I feel like Legendary is just saying, this worked for us. Let's do it again. Mm-hmm. So they're getting the same director and the same writer. Um, now I, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Gareth Edwards probably wants to direct Godzilla too. Yeah. Um, and I, I know that he has some ideas, but, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with handing that over to another director as, as long as they have a passion for it. Now, granted, Gareth Edwards has the passion for the, for the genre, right. if, if not the actual monster itself. Max Borenstein, however, is, uh, is, I don't think he's, uh, a bad writer, but I don't think he's like fantastic because there were, you know, my biggest issues with, with the Godzilla movie were, were the characters, right. you know, and yeah. like mm-hmm. that stems directly from, from the script. So, well, and he's also not the first writer. He's like the third guy true, on the job. True. So, so how many writers do you think we're going to see for <laughs> Godzilla? That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's true. Anyway, uh, so that was that was one bit of news. I don't mean to get all downery on you, but the uh, you know, want want Max Bornstein, uh comes back. I just I wish them both of them and the and the rest of the production. Uh, I wish them the best of luck mm-hmm. because you're dealing with a sequel, obviously. So yeah. sequels are hard to to make as good as the first one. So let's hope, th- I actually really hope that the sequel is awesomer than, oh, yeah. <laughs> than, yeah. the, than the Godzilla one. So uh, moving on to the next item, speaking of the Godzilla, the 2014 Legendary Pictures Godzilla Sideshow Collectibles, I guess, Sideshow Toys, mm-hmm. yeah. has um, uh, announced and released images of their 24-inch tall Godzilla statue. Uh, <laughs> and man, I mean, that looks big. I know they showed it at San Diego Comic-Con, but now it's available for pre-order. $800. Yep. Wow. Yeah. It looks really cool. It looks... For $800, <laughs> I would say it needs to do a lot more than what it's doing. Okay, I would yeah. agree with that. And I would actually say I would like a different sculpt, but it doesn't matter because I'm not buying it for $800. Yeah. I'm not buying it at all, to be yeah. perfectly honest. But uh, it's expected to ship July of 2015 and uh yeah there you go i mean it does look good don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. and i'm sure it looks much better in in person 
Uh, I just recently saw the sideshow knife head statue, mm. um, which I haven't seen since Comic Con oh, yeah, of last year. Yeah, we saw that at Comic Con. Yeah, just the recent one. Yeah, remember oh, okay. that was at the one oh, booth by the Spider Gremlin. Sure, that big thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You sure it was the sideshow one and not the oh. uh, not the NECA eighteen inch figure? I don't know. I think you might be wrong. I think it was. Oh, do you, was NECA. it the NECA yeah. one? I don't know. It lit up. Do they both light up? Uh, well, this statue is uh, knife heads in the, in the water. So there's like water splashing up from uh, the bottom. This was not that one. Yeah. Okay, I was yeah. thinking that's of the eighteen inch NECA figure. It's now, very cool. 70 bucks 80 bucks <laughs> yeah. get you that you know hey. so there you go yeah <laughs> you can make your own decisions of course based on right. that but anyway there is a 24 inch tall godzilla figure as well <laughs> right <laughs> anyway uh so that's uh that's another news item now switching gears uh we're gonna go to the comic books godzilla rulers of earth which has been extended to 25 issues All by the right. way nice um, they, uh, are currently, let's see. Ooh, I'm bad. I don't know what issue they're on. I think they're on issue 18 or 19, something like that. Um, but, uh, oh no, eight, I think it's 18. Nah, this is terrible. I don't want to edit this out. So I'm just <laughs> going to keep going. They are introducing a brand new monster, a brand new creation that they made right. for mm. issue 19. And, uh, they, uh, according to Chris Mowry, who has to be a little bit cryptic on this, um, it's called a trilopod. It is a new monster, but there are many of them, and they play a huge role leading up to issue 25, so the, the ending of Godzilla Rulers of Earth. I hope it's like a legion. Maybe you never know. No. I can't. I can't confirm or deny because right. he's being cryptic with me too. Hey. <laughs> yeah, but it Bring looks pretty it cool. Um, if you are interested, I'll have a link in the show notes to the Godzilla Rulers of Earth Facebook page where they posted the trilopod, and it's kind of cool. Looks like looks a little bit like like Origa. It looks a little bit like Ebra. Um, a little Ebra. Yeah, little bugish. It's pretty. Looks like it could be gross. I like it. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. It's a, and they have the cover where Godzilla is like being swarmed by them. So, all right. Not to uh, confirm mm-hmm. your suspicions, Rachel, but, you know, but I don't have an ending for that sentence. Cool, right? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, also, Sci-Fi Japan has an article about the X Plus lineup for November of 2014. This is the Japanese X Plus. Uh, they have. Garamon. All right. Yeah, you should be excited about Garamon. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd goes wild for Garamon. Finally, this crowd Everybody. is coming alive. They've been sitting here the whole time listening to this episode. Not making a sound. These are all live. All these episodes. Are How on earth am I hearing this back through my headphones? Anyway, uh, <laughs> they have another character called Aribunta, which I guess is from Ultraman Ace. Uh, another monster called Alien Cool, which Sounds is definitely cool. yeah, definitely <laughs> right. from Ultra 7. Uh, they have a brand new Ultraman Zafi and uh, Ultraman Tiga. So awesome. lots of Ultra in this release. Fantastic. And, and of course, uh, I believe I mentioned this on a prior episode, the um, Godzilla 1989 sculpted by Yuji Sakai will be released, I believe, at the end of this month. So... High fives to me because I pre-ordered that. Nice. Uh, in addition to that, oh, this is something I actually did not share with you guys. 
Um, they have a great article called, uh, do you guys know what Sofubi is? So it's S O F U B I. It just is essentially, it's another name for Godzilla soft vinyl or soft vinyl toys, right? Oh, so okay. like the Mega Gearus up there, the Gorgo, the, that's mm-hmm. like Sofubi okay. style yeah. stuff. Right, right. So, um, they have a, an article about the Sofubi takeover, <laughs> which <laughs> includes, I'm going to have to pick some of these up actually. Metacom did a really cool 1962 Godzilla. Uh, the, uh, and they did a Geigen, a 1972 I... Geigen. I want that. I want that. And apparently it's getting released through Diamond. So oh, okay. good for me. Uh, there's also a 1974 from, uh, Godzilla from Bear Model. And for some reason, uh, Spider-Man as well. There's a Spider-Man. Okay. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Can't wait to see him in the next Godzilla film. Spider-Man versus Godzilla. Yep. Have you ever seen the Japanese Spider-Man? No. Oh, I, yeah. I brought it. I referenced it to her not too long ago. Yeah, it's very. It's the one where Spider-Man has like a robot that fights. Change Leopard. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. You know what? That would be a good thing for you guys to come over and watch sometime. I would. Yeah. I have not actually watched the whole. I've got a movie, essentially a mm-hmm. Spider-Man Japanese Spider-Man movie. I haven't watched Excellent. it yet. I've only watched like the first three minutes and it's 1970s <laughs> cheesy goodness. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, really cool. So uh, that pretty much does it for the news. We're going to go ahead and move on to catastrophic events. Uh, the only catastrophic event I need to cover is if you are near the New Jersey area or have the means to fly to New Jersey. Between October 24th and October 26th, you're going to want to go to Chiller Theater and meet Haruo Nakajima, Kimpachira Satsuma, and Tom Kitagawa, the three main suit actors that played Godzilla. Now, in addition to those guys, they're also going to have artist Shinji Nishikawa there, who is actually, he just went to Son of Monster Palooza. I've seen a lot of really cool artwork that came out of that. He'll be drawing for people. Of course, there'll be a slight fee. So uh, just keep that in mind. Go to the Chiller website. There's a link in the show notes to that where you can check it out. I have friends that are going, and I will not be able to. That is the weekend of Lady Kyle's birthday. And although I'm sure, because she's so awesome, she'd say, you should just go to that. There's no freaking way that I'm (laughs) leaving for my girlfriend's birthday and, and heading to New Jersey. And I don't have the money to take her with me. So that does it for catastrophic events. We have some housekeeping items. Actually, you know what? I think we should talk about that idea first. So that's the first thing we should talk about for housekeeping. So uh, last year, I was very, 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 very interested in putting together another contest for the Kaiju cast. I want to do a Kaiju Halloween costume contest. So this is the official announcement. Pre-announcement? Teaser announcement, maybe? We'll go with teaser announcement. Mm-hmm. So this is the official teaser announcement for the Kaiju Cast Halloween costume contest. Uh, I'm going to, to be perfectly honest, I'm going to model it after <laughs> the rebelscum.com. You know that website, mm-hmm. yeah. Brian? They have a costume contest every year. I'm going to sort of model it after that. Nice. So we'll have a couple different categories, maybe a uh, couple different prizes. Start working on your ideas for yeah. a costume. You guys, listeners out there, we want to see see awesome 
kaiju-related costumes. I'm considering a Pigmon costume, although it'll be a lot of work. He's got a lot of little bits that stick out. Are you trying to win? No, I'm just saying the bar is going to be set pretty high. Oh, okay. Gotcha. For how awesome yours needs to be. Well, (laughs) normally I'd try and step in here and say like, hey, you know, maybe don't put that on the listeners. But the good news is that Brian and Rachel are going to help me out with this costume contest because I uh, would be a fool to take on something like this by myself (laughs) when I have so much work to do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was only slightly maniacal. You gotta no. work on that maniacal laugh. <laughs> anyway, so we are going to be doing a costume contest. That's the big announcement for the housekeeping. I'm really excited about it. And, you know, uh, essentially there are no restrictions here. You can, uh, you can wear, you know, wear anything you want to wear for a costume contest. We'll figure out a way to get the voting on there, probably through the Kaiju Cast Facebook page. Uh, and then, um, from there we will have, uh, we'll have some prizes to announce and we'll, yeah, we'll do it up. We'll get, this will go through the entire month of October and, uh, the deadline will be like the first week of, uh, of November so that no one scrambles to get their costume done for Halloween. And then they have to sit there and go quick, take some pictures of me for the Kaiju cast contest (laughs) before we go out trick or treating or what have you. Uh, so that's the big news. And, um, I am really looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. That should be cool. I want, like I said, I wanted to do this last year, but I was scrambling to get my butt to Japan with lady Kyle. So, uh, there's another thing I wanted to do here and I sore, you know, there's not even sort of, I feel bad about this. Uh, I have been very lax on the Kaiju core, uh, and announcing people that have, uh, have joined the Kaiju core. So I don't even know. <laughs> I don't really even know how to, how to redeem myself. So what I'm going to be doing right now on live radio, no, on, uh, <laughs> on this episode is I'm going to personally thank each and every member of the kaiju core i'm just gonna start from the beginning i know i've done some of this before but we're gonna go for it anyway big (laughs) thanks to mike weber andrew campbell harold clark benjamin erickson jace short michael benjamin herman atencio allison fay charlie emery bug emery scott martin matthew grace raymond bazinski jason ledoux john baglioni tom kennedy Oh, actually, I think John Baglioni was the last guy I mentioned when, <laughs> when we were doing these. Uh, Tom Kennedy, David Goodman, James Yance, Paul Deaver, Kenneth Hamilton, Clyde Smith, Ryan Camilleri, Chris Glaw, Jonathan Lee, Leonard Medlock, and our brand new member, Stephen Vale. We have some cadets in there as well. Kyle Johnson, Aaron, uh, and Frankie Rodney. You guys freaking rule and (laughs) in addition to being like super awesome for supporting the kaiju cast you're super awesome for your patience i still have not sent out the kaiju core stuff that's bad i'm a bad person so i'm gonna really really uh actually you know you guys know i actually have somebody who's helping me with the the um kickstarter campaign stuff and like Mm -hmm. keeping organized i'm also gonna put her on the job of uh making sure I get that stuff sent out. So 
Sweet. Yay. There you go. Actually, uh, just for a couple of those people, I'm still waiting on some t-shirts. If, if my t-shirt printer actually listen to the show, I would probably call him out because I'm like, hey, when was G-Fest? Like three <laughs> months ago? I need those t-shirts. So uh, we're that's not an excuse and I'm not saying it's an excuse. I just want to mention that there's a couple people that I'm still waiting on your t-shirts. So we are going to go ahead and say uh, our goodbyes for the evening. Uh, I would say don't forget to send in your homework, but the deadline has already been breached. And so we will be recording like today is uh Wednesday the 24th. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday to my brother Marshall by the way. Yeah, happy <laughs> birthday. <laughs> and then uh so we're recording on Wednesday the 24th and these cats will be back here in another 4 days to record the uh Daikaiju discussion. Yeah. For Godzilla X Megagiras X. I awesome. you know what what do they say on the DVD is it versus I don't know. I think it's X. Well, it's X. It's, it was originally X, right? Mm-hmm. So that was it Godzilla X Megaguirus right. Godzilla. And it was originally Godzilla X Mechagodzilla. And mm-hmm. then Godzilla, they even had Godzilla X Mech, uh, sorry. For Tokyo? Godzilla X yeah. Mothra X Mechagodzilla Tokyo SOS. Mm-hmm. But everybody just said, Gujira, Mosra, Mechagujira. Tokyo SOS. Anyway. Just like that. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Everybody says it that way. Daikaiju Sogo Genkei. That's another Ooh, movie. So close. So close. <laughs> how, how close was I? You had Daikaiju, right? And then you said, so, what'd you say? I was, this is a different trailer. Oh, I, I know. Sogo Genkei. I'm no. Soku Geki. Okay. Yeah. I'm just hearing it and then imitating it. So, I don't know anything. Geki. <laughs> Sogo Geki. Sure. He got it that time. Nice work. Yay, Brian. Anyway. <laughs> the lucrative career of uh, Japanese movie trailer voiceovers is open to me now. Oh, my God. I could do that. That would be so rad. That would be so much fun. Could you imagine that? I'm just going to move to Japan and announce trailers. <laughs> that would be awesome. Actually, you know what would be really awesome is to do the guy that does the English uh, not the English version of a trailer, but the guy who says the English oh, stuff. Yeah. So it's like yes. Gamera three. Yeah, that dude. That's <laughs> that guy is the guy that goes Resident Evil at the beginning of the Resident Evil. Nice. Games. He's the same guy. I had a Japanese laserdisc of Pulp Fiction that had a trailer for Pulp Fiction. Yeah. In English, but it was the Japanese one. And he read the castle. He's like John Travolta, Ving Rhymes, because he had no clue how to say that name. <laughs> that's awesome. That's really cool. All right. So I think I'm just going to close out the show in that voice. Sweet. Thank you for listening to the Kaiju Cast, episode 121, where we talk about... Whatever, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to, uh, I guess I should say, if you found the Kaiju Cast through iTunes or some other podcast directory, point your web browser to kaijucast.com, where you can find out everything that we do and our awesome apps. Uh, we have our commentaries. We have our social media links on the right hand side. We have all sorts of rad stuff on kaijucast.com. Make sure you head over there and check that out. If for some crazy reason you have not gone there, uh, if you are on the iTunes store or use an Apple device, please subscribe to us. That would be awesome. Maybe leave us a review. We got a really great review from listener Cassie. Thank you, Cassie. Uh, yeah. I mean, we've got lots of great reviews. Don't get me wrong. There have been some amazing things on the, on the iTunes review, but hey, you know, we can always use more. Hey, big thanks to you. If you came to our, our panel 
or if you met me at yeah, uh, Rose yes. City Comic Con and are now listening, thank you very much. Yeah. I got to hand out a lot of stickers and uh, talk. I seriously, that is the best part about it's like talking to people about Godzilla. Yeah, we got to meet a lot of the listeners too when we'd yeah. come up and talk to you and there'd be people coming up to the table. So. Oh, I got big plans for next year, by the way. All right. Big plans with Keith Foster for next year's Rose City Comic Con. Uh, we are going to go ahead and literally kill this. So please do listen to us, subscribe to us. If you are on an Android device or something like that, you can use Stitcher. That's a, that's a way for you to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we will actually see you in just a few days or you'll hear from yeah. us in a few days if you subscribe because we'll be recording and then posting the Daikaiju discussion for Godzilla X Megaguirus. We are going to close the show out with one final song. This was requested by Danny who wanted to hear the Super Robot Red Baron theme. Nice. And that is by Yoshihiro Siguya. I don't know if I said that right. Sugiura. Let's try that. Sugiura? God, I'm terrible. at Like, when there's a brand new name, I stumble over it like crazy. I've already proven that I don't know how to say Japanese words, so. Yoshihiro Sugiura. I believe that's how you say that. Anyway, way to fumble over the last few seconds of the song, (laughs) or the episode, Kyle. We're going to go ahead and see you next week.
Okay, so my co-host here reminded me that I forgot my signature sign-off, which I, I guess this is the first episode that I didn't do that, right? So your mics are totally on, so. Oh, okay, then, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I was like, uh, I don't feel they, like it ended they, because yeah. you didn't say it. Yeah, so. they both looked at me and said, you We're forgot like, to say Jamata. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the first thing I'll do is I'll do the camera announcer voice. We'll <laughs> see you next time. Jamata. <laughs> and if that doesn't float your boat, uh, we'll just crank it all the way back to the beginning of the episode. And, uh, I will do the British announcer <laughs> saying, we'll see you for the next episode. Jamata. And then there's always mine, which is just Jamata. <laughs> <laughs>